Hey, I had a, uh, I think this is important. Um, I had some feedback directed at me, directed at us, but written to me. Okay, so I was going to say it wasn't, it wasn't just a critique of you, but it was, but it was given to you. Because regular listeners, little listeners will know that uh, Lee, you, Lee, are adverse mm. to um, feedback. I'm, I'm coming around to it, so go on. Are you? No. Give me both barrels. Both barrels. So this is from someone called David Corbett. He'll, he'll say what's on his mind. Um, so here's the feedback. Finally caught up on midlifing and found time to write something to you. To the subject, episode 35. For the first 16 or so minutes, I thought it was the episode where you finally jumped the shark. Oh, my gosh. Jumped the shark. To people who don't know that reference, that's a, um, a, an episode from Happy Days, which famously had the Fonz in it, where he was water skiing, and in the episode he jumped over a shark on water skis. And this has become, <laughs> this has become a shorthand in television for shows that outstay their welcome, where, where their central conceit becomes so attenuated to the point of snapping. <laughs> and I think, if my memory serves, he may have even been wearing his leather jacket while he was water skiing. But that just might be what I want him to be wearing. So we were accused of Henry Winklering it up. That we'd finally, finally jumped to the shark. I like the idea that he's waiting for the moment. But then he, also the thing is, it's a lack of specificity in the feedback here. You somehow, then somehow turned it around. So I don't know, he didn't, wasn't precise about because that would have been useful feedback, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, cool. unless we were, he expects us to listen, which maybe we should listen back at the 16 minutes point and see what and go, we did. Right. How is it that we, how is it that we went back from, uh, pulled back from jumping the shark? Mm. I love that you know that reference. I was vaguely familiar, but um, actually David had to explain it to me to remind <laughs> me of it. But of course you know, of course you know. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Is this the week in which we're going to jump the shark? I think it touches that feedback, thank you, Corbatron, touches upon... A conversation we had over the last week, which was, mm. what exactly are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so last week, we had our euthanasia conversation. <laughs> and this week, we're having our existential crisis. <laughs> Simon? Yeah? What's the point? Oh, so, oh man, there's some... I'm going to treat this really seriously. I'm going to treat this seriously. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think at least 12% of me is serious. So I'm going to respond. You can you can take the piss if you want. Um, there's something about the possibility that two people who have been friends and are friends playfully and seriously grappling with things that are going on, both in the world and in their lives, something about that has value to other people that it can't solely be just for you and me because why would we record these conversations but what is that thing of value yeah and I, I think this is where perhaps I veer wildly off 
my usual track and say, I wonder if listeners have something that they could offer back to us here. We're, we're about a year into this process now. And then that, that doesn't mean we've been doing this for a year. But we started... Yeah, th- this is episode 30, what is it, 37? Yes. So, yeah, so, yeah. That and gives you 15 weeks shy of a year. There's a couple of infamous recordings that predate that, where we tried things out and didn't share them. The off-mentioned, never fully discussed cancel culture episode. Which I've, uh, I haven't uh, listened back to. No, um, nor have I. But that exists mm. in our files. Um, it does. And I think, didn't we do one before then that was um, that we didn't have the right microphones for as well? Yes, it was just a, it was just a, like a little test. Yeah, we laughed a lot in that. Yeah, yeah. we did. We did more than more, more than, more than you, usual. You start hearing us. Um, <laughs> and the um, and also, I think before then there were a. There was probably a month or so of, of discussion and, you know, working ourselves that's right. around to it. So I think this has been a project that's been alive for nearly a year or about a year yeah. now. I reckon that's about right. Yeah. And I, I think I find myself not thinking, have we jumped the shark? <laughs> Although I think it's a fair question to ask. It's, it's always the danger. There's always a risk there, isn't there? I suppose it's when we get those... When we get those listeners that arrive in a... Oh, I'm stumbling because I, I'm, I, I'm coming towards the edge of my no feedback clause. Because <laughs> I think maybe I want feedback. Maybe I want people mm. to talk to us about what it is that this does for them. And also, we've said before that this is, this is our secret. It's between us and our unfaithful listeners, and we don't want people mm. to share it. But also, I think recently, and this comes to the the serious bit of what is this for, Simon? I think I do want more people to listen to it. And I don't know if it comes from a place of ambition and wanting to make lawyer money um, out of our podcast. <laughs> Simon will put a link in the description, which will allow you to understand why I just said lawyer money. Um, but instead, I, I, you know, I, I'm... I think I want to to begin to have conversations. And so how is that not ambition, or how is it different from ambition, or is it not? Oh, I don't think it is different from ambition. I suppose I'm just doing that terribly British thing where I pretend that ambition is dirty. Yeah. And really... It's not, is it? No, no, it's not. It's not. But I think there is the sense that saying you want to be successful or saying that you want this to reach... I, mean, I, I wonder if it's also to do with the fact that this week we 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 crossed the three thousand download threshold, which to to me is a phenomenal number of downloads for our podcast. <laughs> I could not have imagined that anybody, when we started this conversation a year ago, I could not have imagined that anybody would want to listen to it. Certainly, I couldn't imagine that we would we would end up with a group of unfaithful listeners. Thank you. Yeah, huge thank yous. Um, but so when I see a number like 3,000, I think that is just such a lot of um, attention. And um, and by attention, I don't mean I'm the centre of attention. Attention, I mean as no, in thoughtfulness. No, people paying attention. Exactly, and, and consideration. Yeah, and I just think, wow, that is such an honour. And then the other bit of my brain goes, yeah, but some people get that on one episode. You want a piece, you want a piece of that pie? Hmm. Maybe. But then I wonder why. So are you suggesting that you want to get better 
Or is it that you just think you're good enough as you are and just more people should hear how good you are? <laughs> no, I think I think that over the last year we have we've we've become more we found a bit of a groove. And sometimes we bump ourselves out of that groove and I think it's interesting when that happens as well. Mm-hmm. But I do want to get better and I do want to Yeah, I I, I want So what oh, Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. What's in it? What's in it for you? Mm. Like, and what's in it? Well, what's in it for us? What's in it for you? Like, why would you want to have more people? I'm not disagreeing uh, or suggesting that I don't, Mm. but I'm, and I'm not sure I could answer this question if it were asked of me. Because I I think when you say it's a lot of attention, Mm. meaning a lot of people have spent a lot of time listening to this. So there's something going on in the sense that there is something that's, enough for people to keep coming back and going, eh, yeah, I'm going to listen to those guys again. And so I'm, uh, like, personally, I'm curious about, well, what is that? So I'd love to, I mean, I'd always love to hear from people about, yeah, it's just the way, it's, I don't know, it's something about the way you relate, it's the subject matter, it's the whatever, you know, there might be specific things, there might be general things. But then there's this other question, which is, yeah, what's, what's in it, what's in it for you? Well, I think we've outlined what's in it for us on one level which is that we we have by recording our conversations we hold ourselves to continuing our relationship in a way that was um was difficult because of COVID-19 but actually it wasn't really what COVID-19 did was it just shone a light on the fact that we didn't talk that often and we didn't see each other that often yes Um, in fact you might even say it was a friendship that was in name only. I don't mean I'm being a little harsh on that. It was, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't like it was, uh, what's the word? Founding? No, foundling. What's that word? I don't know because I don't know what you mean. It, you know, like it was, um, it wasn't, it, it, it oh, wasn't like the friendship. Oh, do you mean foundering? Like it was, it was. Foundering, thank you. Okay. Like on rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, do you mean like a foundling, like it was left by the <laughs> side of the road? Have I ever told you that my great granddad was abandoned on the moors? What? <laughs> Did I ever tell you that story? You, no. Okay. So, um, <laughs> this is on to- the moors. Yeah, it's a totally true story. So, this sounds like it's um, a Kate Bush song. It feels more like a Catherine Cookson novel, and that's probably because this is in the northeast of England, which is where Catherine. Who's Catherine Cookson? Cookson? Catherine Cookson was a, a a romance novelist of some note. I think she wrote. Oh. She was definitely big in the seventies and eighties when I was a kid, like bodice ripper type. I think romance. a little bit. No, a little bit more. Um, work, no, no, no. More like I, I say. No, no, no. Not as in higher, but as in working girl made, made good. So it's usually a factory girl and the and stories about privation and and overcoming big odds and that sort of stuff. So, so it's like a metaphor for our podcast. <laughs> so much <laughs> not. But. Um, my so my mum's family on her let me just try and work this out yeah on her mum's side they're portuguese mm. um and they're from in fact they're from lisbon but not so, so many generations away you couldn't get a european passport i think uh, for my mum oh it'll be for, it'll be on the father's side i guess no no it'll be fine it's just it's one generation away from my mum so um yeah and um, you miss by two so i miss by two so that's no use to <laughs> it's no use to us. Um, no use to anyone. Well, frankly, she doesn't care because she's got Portuguese uh, residency anyway, so she's fine. But on her dad's side, it's difficult to know um, what her provenance is because her... Gr- was it her granddad? 
yeah, her granddad, was left on the moors, and he was found by a shepherd. So he as a as a as a baby, uh, like as an actual like you know months old, uh, days old. Oh, yeah. So left to die, basically. Left to die, and he was st- he was stuffed in a little crack in between the rocks on the moors. And um, he was found by a guy called William, and I've forgotten his surname. But when he was taken to the orphanage, he was given the name William as his first name, because that was the name of the man who found him. And he was given the name Crag as his surname, because he was stuck mm. in a crag. He was found in a crag. Yeah, so he was called William Crag. And were there many crags around? I don't know the origin of all crags. I can just tell you that the crags in my family are so named because of the uh, the geological formation in, in which their bodies were stuffed. I have now gone down a cul-de-sac that I've forgotten. I was asking you about what's in it for oh, you. Oh, foundering. That's it, because of rocks. Ah. And I and I got confused about the word foundling because it's like, like my great granddad, no foundering on the rocks. Our our friendship was foundering on the rocks. I, yeah. Yes, I was saying that it wasn't. It wasn't doing that. No, I think but it, it was, also wasn't being fed. No, it was ticking over. I think ticking it was over. Probably like most people's friendships. Yeah. Or am I? Am but, I uh, most people's friendships who you don't really see them very often. Yeah, I think that probably tells you everything you need to know about life friendships. That they're all just ticking over. You say your friendships? Mm, I think pop- probably most of my friendships are in a, a ticking over pattern. Mm. I don't see people that often. Mm. Are you okay with that? Mm. Yes and no. <laughs> I would like to be more available <laughs> yeah, like that. for I thought you were going to say, depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be more available for people. Mm. Um, and I think I... I I, I can let down people quite quite easily by just sliding out. But I also mm. know that um, a consequence of being an only child is that I have a I have a, a limited capacity to deal with people. Yes, you've talked about this before, for sure, on the podcast. Yeah, I get saturated with people quite quickly. I always have. Yeah, and and that that doesn't have to be. You know, sometimes it, it can be minutes, and I know it's me. It's not them. I absolutely know that this is, you know, <laughs> you know what in 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 the dear John you, letters me. exactly that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I would like to be more present for 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 people, and I I, I struggle with that. But what's in mm. it for me in this thing? I don't I don't know. Can I ask? Because you said that you couldn't answer the question, so you're going to ask me anyway. I yeah, because I don't know the answer. What's in it for me? Well, so there's there's one thing that's not. Let's 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 be. Oh, I'm going to say honest. Uh, in the sense that it's not all of our friendship, right? There are things that we don't put in this podcast, as much as there's a, which that might not seem likely because some of the things that we do include, probably some listeners would think, what? I can't believe they're even talking about Mm. that. That's outrageous, Mm. for example. So there's a kind of a, there's a, there's a very, I think, carefully edited line. So that's one thing, which is the weird part. And it's, in the sense that one of the things I like about it is that I feel like I'm improvising, even though we might sometimes we might have a particular some a theme or things we think we might talk about. That for the most part I'm in relationship with you and listening and playing with words and working at this kind of performance of a conversation. And so that I, I think that's important, even though I feel relaxed and I don't feel like okay I'm getting ready to perform now. There's none of that, but I do think there's an aspect of that which I professionally 
interests me tremendously. But I also don't want to uh, overstate that. That feels like it's humming in the background. But yes, there's something about digging into being friends mm. that I feel has tremendous value for me. In part because I think friends are what we have. Yeah, I just think they are so they are so fundamental to what it is to be human. I don't want to, maybe this is a bit over the top, but I, you know I've read so much about the nature of friendship in, in my time, and I, I just like yeah, without them. So and so, there's something about digging into the edges. The, the frustrations, the certainties, the loves, the pleasures, all of those things which seem to me to have tremendous and beautiful value. And there's something which, which is that I might hope that other people listening to that might get value from that. But it also might be that they might just get value in us talking about um, silly things. I'm also really ambitious. I just want to say that. We'll come back to that We'll come back to the Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something really true that what you said about that this is not the only element of our relationship. And I think it's it, it's not just that we edit out or I edit out things that I think might um, incriminate yeah, us. Yeah, bridge too far. Yeah. Incriminate. You know, oh, but yes. but I, I, I guess open us up to um, the that kind of cringe that we would experience listening back to it. I mean, the, I think we've both been on the edges of it on several occasions. Where, sure. where we've gone, oh, that was that was close to the bone. But I think when it's close to the bone, it's they're our bones. But there's absolutely yes, stuff that we that we talk about outside of these conversations that are close to other people's bones. Yeah, I don't quite I don't quite remember how we it was something because I was talking about I, I tried to answer the question which was about friendship and yeah. about no. I blame you. It's always wise to. <laughs> uh, and so are we, I mean, I, I don't want to also say, it's really tricky, isn't it? Because, you know, it, it, like, like to me, it's a, there's a very fine line. I think this is, and I, I, how do I say this? There's a very fine line between wanting to get good at something. Right, and and I, that that's a very strong aspect of my personality. Like if I if I take up scuba diving, I want to get good at scuba diving. If I take up uh, whatever, I want to get good at it. And so in a way, I feel a little bit like this. I want to get good at it. And I, I mean, that's a there's a bigger question, which is, well, what is it that I'm getting good at? And the second thing is how, other than just continuing to do it. Um, but even then I'd have to go. There needs to be some kind of awareness of what it is that I'm doing in order to get better at it, if you understand what I mean. Mm. The line between that and, um, oh, it just it feel, makes me feel so uncomfortable even talking about it in a way, which is, uh, and that and ambition, which is, well, actually, I think, like, you know, it's, I think I'm proud of these conversations, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think I want more, as you said, I want more people to hear them. And then I would, then this part of which goes, the, the fearful part of myself, and I really recognize this as an artist, and it's so much about the kind of art I've ended up making and my, uh, uh, the limitations of my, um, my work as an artist, is, is being very uncomfortable with saying, I think we're doing something really good here. 
I'd like you to share it. Hmm. And that statement is, it actually it leaves a very, very funny feeling in my mouth. But I recognize it as a as an artist, as a choreographer of making a virtue out of necessity, meaning I'm just going to make small-scale work. Mm. And I think that's not because I always wanted to make small-scale work, but I was afraid of actually um, risking making anything that wasn't small-scale work. So, yeah, I think there's something there which is a line which I think is quite a useful line. Um, but then, I, you know, I think this this question of, well... What is it that people are getting from these conversations? And I would love to, I, like you, I think I'd really love, uh, really encourage people to to write in and say, yeah, it's just this. There's something about this that you're doing that, um, or it's, you know, or even it's just a particular episode where you go, this is when you really hit it. I'd really be interested in that. Um, and I think that's just because I'm, and it's not because I feel like I'm floundering in the dark. It's more that I think, yeah, I think there's real value in going, ah, oh, wow, this is where I thought I was, and that's where you think I am. And there's so that, that to me is just a really, um, uh, it's useful. Hi there, unfaithful listeners. This episode has focused a lot on us thinking about where we might go next and also asking for you to maybe give us some feedback. I know, I know, it's strange. But with that in mind, we thought it might just be nice to finish off today's episode with uh, an excerpt from the start of our pilot. So please forgive the wonky audio quality. We bought microphones after we heard this uh, and realised it's quite important to not sound like you're underwater. Anyway, hope you enjoy uh, and see you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just put on a particularly deep voice just then? (laughs) No, this is... This is how. <laughs> this is your. Yeah, this is my natural this voice. Is your, I, it's your regular once, voice. Yeah, it's my regular voice. I once heard that if you cough, you hear what your natural sort of timbre, natural tone is, because your kind of your vocal cords sort of go to a neutral place when you cough. Really? Yeah. Well, that's what I heard. I don't know how true it is because if I cough, <laughs> <laughs> I sound like the problem. <laughs> But that was that was like a forced cough, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you you can just kind of go <coughs> like that, and it kind oh, of like, like a forced expiration, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like a proper. <coughs> there you, see, <coughs> look, you, you kind of yeah. You're a nice light baritone, I'd say. Edging towards <laughs> the I like the idea that I'm a nice light baritone slash edging towards like? a tenor. <laughs> my singing, <laughs> my singing voice is a little bit. Like it's uh, mm, la, 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 la. no, it's a little bit lower than that. Okay, now I kind of meant yeah. like, uh, can you sing rather than what? Oh. What's it sound like? I, I, I was, oh. it was kind of like a. I've never heard you sing. No, I'm. Um, I've had to sing quite a lot in you know, <laughs> as part of performances. <laughs> right. And I remember, I remember, in, you know. <laughs> the late nineties, and uh, we were all trying to sing, and I kept getting put further and further into the background. <laughs> but I've, <laughs> my confidence has grown since then, which of course doesn't mean that I can sing or not. It just means that my confidence has grown. <laughs> yeah, you're just happier to stand at the front and just sound the way you sound. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Are you a singing household? As in, do you wander around singing in your home? 
I'm a, uh, I'm, you probably don't know this about me, Lee Miller, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a jingle aficionado. Really? Like I, th- I think I might have, um, I have the slight feeling that I, um, I, often when I'm doing it, I'm sort of pretending to be you actually. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it's quite, it's, it's quite common for me to, um, you know, uh, Lil might say something and I'll go, uh, it's so funny. They just come out all the time, jingles, and they're all pretty much the same tune, and they're a little bit shit. Okay. But I do them so, a lot. I do, so when I do you them say that you do jingles, you, you write the jingles for the moment. You're not like kind of – because my mum goes into jingle land quite easily, so I know loads of jingles from the 50s. Oh, someone like – Oh, really? doesn't know what someone's mum really ought to know. Someone's mum better get to know. Ariel washed his wife. How the fucking hell do I know that? It's like that's so beautiful. It's such an it's such an old jingle. Uh, what kind just, of wash is white? Uh, what kind of wash is white? Yeah, or you did, said some kind of Ariel what, in the jingle. Ariel, Ariel, the the washing powder. So it's a jingle for oh. Ariel from the olden times. No, no, my jingles are more like. Um, Oh, lunch today is going to be cheese on toast. Mm, lunch today, <sighs> yeah, yeah, cheese on toast. Oh, right. Okay, so you, okay, lovely. So you make up songs, but they are short form songs. Yes, I, I have to say, I don't quite know what defines a jingle. Well, no, I other think than, I certainly know that it's short. Yeah, yeah, I think you've totally defined it. It's, it's got a hook, it's catchy. You know, it's not, <laughs> I guess it doesn't have, it doesn't have a verse, chorus, verse structure. <laughs> so it's just like it's just here's a couple of lines exactly they end like this <laughs> um, that's exactly right and they're always a little bit um and lil might say i think simon it's a little early for jingles <gasps> i mean you know break oh yeah breakfast time jingles are um okay. that's interesting because because uh, bob is woken with a song Every morning? Every morning. Um, I would say probably every... <laughs> this is telling. Every morning that she gets breakfast in bed, which is nearly every morning. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and it's a song that I can't sing to you because I've only ever sung it to Bob. Oh, it's the same song every day? It's the same, it's the same song. No. It's the same song. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the but same it's a, song. It's a found song. It's a song that exists. It's not. It's not a song you've made up. Oh, no, it's a song I made up. It's a song oh, for beautiful. Bob. It's a song for Bob about breakfast. Um, and sometimes the lyrics will change, but the tune is always the same. It starts the same way. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, it will it will depend on what's being served. Um, so the oh, you mean you mean part food. of the part of the song is um, the menu? Part of the yeah, part of the song might be menu specific. N- not always. Sometimes it's weather <laughs> specific. Sometimes it's whether or not Jeffrey did a big poo specific. It's those kinds of. <laughs> It's it's informational um, in a variety of ways. Yeah, and Jeffrey's your eighteen-year-old son, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey's my father-in-law. 